0: Content warning. This entry contains references to sexual assault. I would like to clarify that while I am referring to sexual assault, what happened to me was not rape. However, I choose to still use the term sexual assault because it is the legal definition of what happened. It was important to my healing to learn and accept that what happened to me was serious and by legal definition sexual assault. I don't want the term I use to seem misleading. However, at the same time, I want the audience to understand that sexual assault has a wide definition and leaves a lasting impact in all of its forms. Thank you. This might be how you feel anthology. Entry title, whole. Date written, July 12, 2020. I'm standing with Kristen in front of her house late on Saturday night. The air is warm and muggy, the mosquitoes out in force, and the stars bright overhead. It's been a long day of flea market shopping, movie watching, and pizza eating. We've just loaded my score of the day, an antique desk chair, into my car and we're saying our goodbyes. The leaving process takes like 20 minutes because I enjoy her company and am reluctant to say goodbye. I'm feeling content in a way I haven't before. This evening, I told Kristen about the latest trauma that I remembered, and she responds in the best way, as she always does. And as I'm reflecting on the day, a thought weaves its way in my mind. Can I be whole? It's not asked in despair or despondence, but in hope. In my 25 years on this earth, I have accumulated a vast and diverse set of traumatic life experiences. At two years old, I was sexually assaulted by another child. At three years old, my uncle was brutally murdered. At eight years old, I had my first migraine. At 13 years old, my house was destroyed by a tornado while we were home. At 16 years old, I was sexually assaulted in public by a man I didn't know. At 17 years old, I had my first court date on the assault. At 18 years old, I had my second court date on the assault. At 19 years old, I had my emergency brain surgery and chemical meningitis. At 20 years old, I had my first right rib removed. At 20 years old, my legs stopped working and I was diagnosed with pernicious anemia. At 20 years old, I passed out on my own and was diagnosed with hyperventilation-induced syncope. At 21 years old, I was sexually assaulted a third time by a guy I liked. At 23 years old, I was diagnosed with an adrenal tumor. At 25 years old, I was diagnosed with arthritis in my neck. At 25 years old, I learned of that first assault. I think that's a lot. Two years ago, I was having panic attacks. After months of that, and after months of my attempts to cope kept failing, I called a counselor. I was sitting in a tiny house Airbnb in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, when I pulled the folded piece of paper from my purse and smoothed the creases out with my hands. I was volunteering with my church's resources team when I saw the slips of paper with D.C. Christian counselors and their contact information. I swiped one as I was unpacking the boxes one morning and when no one was looking. I didn't want to ask for one outright because I didn't want anyone to know how deeply hurting I was. Weeks later, after carrying around the slip of paper for too long, I grab my phone. The third name down on the paper sticks out to me, and I start to dial. After it rings for a few times, my call is answered. I explain briefly why I'm calling and ask if she's accepting new patients. After a pause, Anna says she is accepting new patients and that if I send her an email, she'll reply with her new client paperwork that she normally would ask a few more things, but that she doesn't usually answer the phone on Wednesday and she's not in her office. So I'll get it in an email or at the first appointment. We set a time and date and hang up the phone. I'm nervous, but I feel like for the first time in a while, I'm taking a right step. It's been a hard two years since that phone call. The intangible and deeply emotional work of processing through past trauma of processing unfelt emotions is immensely difficult. It's easier to ignore it. And I did ignore it. For a long time. I tried to be perfect to compensate for a self-perception of damage. I spent so much time striving to control myself and everything around me to prevent another assault or illness or tornado from happening. I made a lot of future plans and expectations to try and outrun the past. But as I'm standing here talking with Kristen, I see all of those moments order themselves in my life. I feel my heartbeat and I ask myself, am I whole? I ask Kristen. She gives me a hug and says, of course. My mom has a hope chest. It was given to her by her father when she was a teenager. It's always been part of our home and it holds the most special things from my mom's past, from our family's past. Every now and then, she'll have something happen that reminds her of an item in the hope chest. She'll walk to the chest, open it up, sift through its contents, find the item she's thinking of, and share the story or significance with one or all of us. Sometimes it's a joyful memory. Sometimes it's a painful one. It's always handled with care and spoken of in love. I don't have a physical hope chest, but my soul holds a hope chest of its own. As I look back on every assault, every illness, every trauma, I gently lay them down in my own hope chest with care. I feel them, one by one, heartbeat by heartbeat, settling into place in the hope chest of my history. A place where they can rest, where they've been healed. I don't feel defined by any one of them or any of them at all. I don't feel my identity comes from one type of trauma— I'm not the woman who was assaulted three times or the woman who had two major surgeries and five diagnoses or the woman whose uncle was murdered or the woman whose house was destroyed by a tornado. I'm Madison Darling, the woman who loves God and is loved by God. I'm me. I have no damage to compensate for. I have no past to outrun. I have nothing to control. I can lay it all down. As I'm driving home, feeling the weight drop off me with every mile, with hope, I think to myself, I am whole. It's a beautiful, freeing realization. I'd felt intact after placing a a lot of my medical trauma in the context of my larger story, but I'd never gone past my medical concerns. I never looked at all of these areas as one life, as my life. I do think it will take time for this to permeate every area of my life, for 25 years of habits built on a response to trauma or an effort to control trauma to be broken and healthy new habits to form. I do think there are more parts of healing to occur. As I move into different phases of life, marriage, family, career, and so on, there will be unexplored aspects of the trauma that could only be addressed when I was exposed to different conditions or a new experience. And there will be times I open up the hope chest to share with someone about an item that's in there. There will be times that someone reminds me of an item in the hope chest and I open it back up to revisit that moment in time. There will be more items to be added to the hope chest in the future. But I've got to start. When I got home, as I was looking at my to-do list and thinking about how nothing was crossed off today, panic started to grip me as I thought, I'm running out of time. And I stopped let my heartbeat remind me I'm alive, and let God remind me of who I am, and I said to myself, yeah, you are running out of time. It's okay. And I feel whole. Entry written and voiced by Madison Darling. Music written and played by Dixon Darling. Next entry, Reflective.